Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, I uh, just wanted to announce that uh, Bench Talk is putting on a fire relief exhibition. Uh, I've compiled a group of past guests to hold a print exhibition this Thursday, the 30th of January, at uh, Versus Gallery in Melbourne. The exhibition will feature prints by Broken Fingers, CMP, Demote, Felipe Pantone, Dabs Myler, Ben Ein, Husmit Nauvin, uh, Roan, myself, and many more. All prints will be available through the Milk Bar print and Bench Talk websites till the end of February. 100% profit from the exhibition goes to CFA Victoria to help with fire relief. Um, I'd just like to thank all the artists that got involved and um, you know donated art for the, the exhibition and also Milk Bar print and Versus Gallery. While we're on the subject of exhibitions, I currently have an exhibition on at Outre Gallery in Fitzroy. The exhibition is called Twin Study. Uh, I'm showing alongside uh, Gillian Evelyn from Los Angeles. The exhibition runs till February 10th and uh, get down there if you're in Melbourne. Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host Tom Gerrard. This week I'm catching up with Kyle Hughes-Odgers. How you going Kyle? I'm good. How are you? Good thanks. That's good. Thanks for uh, being my first guest for 2020. Yeah, no, it's uh, awesome to, to talk to you. It was just random to bump into you at uh, Utre Gallery and yeah, the timing worked out. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're from Perth. Like, yep. uh, what brings you to Melbourne? Uh, I've got a show at Backwards Gallery um, that opens on the 31st of January and runs till the 16th of Feb. So uh, I'm over here for a week installing and catching up with lots of people and, yeah, get my my uh, Melbourne fix in so yeah, yeah. there's actually uh, a lot happening like um, show wise at this time of year like I didn't I thought January would be a, a quiet time but there seems to be a lot happening well from what I can see anyway in Melbourne yeah for yeah. sure there seems to be uh, there's your show obviously uh, this week and there's a claim fundraiser as well and um, yeah so it's an exciting week for uh, art lovers <laughs> yeah yeah it's great I've known your art for a long time and I know a lot of people who know you as well but I don't know that much about you yep um so (laughs) um so can you tell me uh, where you're from and how you got into art sure uh I'm from Perth Western Australia so um my family traveled around a lot when I was a little kid we lived in the Solomon Islands off Papua New Guinea and we lived in Amsterdam and um ended up uh my teenage years and primary school years being in in Perth I was late primary school and um yeah I don't really know how I sort of got into art I was just always uh, interested in drawing and and not so much painting until older but always obsessed with drawing and comic books and more weird stuff like Mad Magazine and things like that um, and yeah I guess from there it just developed into my finishing school and being the guy that was always drawing at school to, to wanting to study a bit more and then that time the street art thing really started to become a thing there wasn't really a term for it so much back then um, everyone just knew that it wasn't graffiti <laughs> and uh, I guess for me it was a really cool outlet for you know I was making all these drawings constantly and uh, yeah I could just go and force uh, force them into people's minds by putting them up in the street and mm-hmm. and then from that I just got like started meeting really interesting people and seeing parts of cities I would never see if I wasn't um, I guess looking at it from an, an art angle and uh, yeah sort of got addicted to it and started playing with scale and then learning about spray paint and then yeah fast forward to painting entire buildings yeah yeah and I I first came across your your work through um like see seeing uh, seeing graph and then you'd come in on the wall and do characters and stuff like that yeah is um 
how, like, how'd you go with integrating with the, uh, with the writers? Because from my experience, there was this era where it was, um, street art was coming up and it was a bit of a blurred line and no one really sure. knew. But as soon as like, they started to separate, like, there was a lot of graph writers that didn't want to be associated with street artists. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've just got friends in Perth and I guess uh, maybe it's a small scene or something, but um, yeah, I was just really curious to learn. It seemed, I was doing these full-size paste-ups that I was drawing with art lines and they were just taking me hours. And then you have all the glue and all the stuff and, and then friends that use spray paint, you just, you know, just what are you doing? You can paint something this big in like 10 minutes, you know? So um, yeah, I guess it was just natural from the sort of people I was around and I wasn't ever pretending that I'm, uh, you know, was going to be out there painting trains or anything. So I think maybe that helped as well. I wasn't putting on a hat that wasn't mine, you know? So, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I was always up for the adventure of, of painting in abandoned spaces and all that stuff. So yeah, it was pretty natural. Just, yeah, just my friends happen to do the alphabet sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So with your style, it's, it's very clean. Yeah. Um, like, do you do a lot? Do, have you done like illustration and stuff like that, or do you work with vectors at all and to uh, come up with concepts and then produce paintings from them? Uh, not really. I, I um, do work with Illustrator when I need to, if it's the right application for the outcome. But I really prefer not to. I, I get a bit bored on the computer. Um, I've just always been interested. Even when I was doing the art line drawings back in the early two thousands, everything was super crisp and a little bit obsessive. And uh, yeah, it can translate because I, obviously I paint quite flat to vector really well, but I just don't enjoy, um, you know, clicking the cursor. Yeah. So I just, I like things that look really perfect, but they're done by hand. So I don't use tape or anything like that either. I just like really obsessively um, get that line. And over time, I'm quite fast at it now to, to get really clean lines. So. Cool. Um, but I think, again, that's like a problem solving thing from painting in places where you don't have everything that you need. So um, again, learning to paint big because there's no option of projecting and um, learning to paint clean and fast because it takes too long to, to tape it up. So um, that's just translated now into, into the more formal projects. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting hearing people's views on it because I know yeah. like some people like for instance Brad Eastman yep. he's on a mission to paint as much like a vector as possible yeah yeah where there's he's doing other, a pretty good job of it he is he's killing <laughs> it where there's the other other side of it where people are trying to bring the, the hand finished look into it more and more yeah I guess, I guess it's like it's in this digital age you can sort of go by either way yeah and I, I don't um, actually have anything against other people that paint like that like I'm really good friends with Brad and I love his work uh, it's just not what I'm interested in. Um, and I, I'm probably getting this quote wrong, but I remember in that Beautiful Losers movie, there's a Margaret Kilgarren quote where she's talking about that little waver in the line, like that's where the beauty is. Um, and um, I don't know if I've butchered that quote, but my version of what that is in my head, I really like that idea of it, it looks almost perfect, but if you go up to it, it's like inconsistent and um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I, I was in um, Los Angeles in 2012 and I was still really finding myself as an artist. Yep. I still am, like it's an artist journey is never over. Yep. But, um, but at that time I was, um, I was just starting out with doing, I guess, imagery that wasn't graffiti related. Yeah. Um, and 
I was staying with Dabs and Mylan. Yeah, they, they were, paint pretty clean. And they paint really clean. Yeah. But they were, they were saying, oh, you've got to get paint it really clean and really flat and everything like that. And for years I thought that's because they said that, that's the way it is. Yeah. And it's like, and I, it took me a while to realise that that's just what, what works for them and what is right in their mind. Yeah, for sure. And the more I started to own the messiness and the, the lumpy paintings and all that sort of stuff, the, the better, it, like I know, the more I settled into my own style. Mm. Yep. And then I was, um, I was painting with, uh, I was doing some collaborations with Mina Lunig. Yep. And she actually works the paint up so her paintings mm-hmm. are as lumpy as she can get them. Oh, crazy. And once I yeah. saw her doing that, I was like, oh, aren't you trying to smooth out? She's like, no, I'm trying to get lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, there's no right or wrong to this. It's yeah. more about, it's, it's whatever works for you. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know after learning those simple lessons, it just uh, created a lot more freedom for me in my painting. Yeah, for sure. I, it, it's also like the outcome of the aesthetic too. So someone like Brad, mm. the aesthetic is ultra crisp and the geometry always works with the architecture of the wall he's painting. Mm. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, it would be strange if that was messy. But Yeah. Because um, one of those things, if you try to do something that's perfectly clean and there's one line that's a bit wobbly and out of place, you're going to see it from a mile away. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you own that, that wobbliness over the whole painting, it's, it just, it's the style. Yeah. yeah, and I think also I, I painted with um, fibs pretty early on and I realised that I could, <laughs> it was so effortlessly clean and I was trying so hard to, to match that level of cl- clean line mm. and then I, something clicked where I was just like, I oh, just embrace the wobble because that's my thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, your stuff looks uh, really clean. For, I guess it's the the closer you get to it, the more hand finish you see. Yeah, so, I think it's just time from doing it lots. It's it's accidentally getting mm-hmm. not accidentally. It's just because of the hours of painting. But um, yeah, I, I definitely don't think I, I'm I don't paint like Hero. That's like super loose. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I it's that really subtle waiver that I like um, mm-hmm. to try and achieve. So yeah. And you don't have uh, a lot of line work in your work as well. You use mo- mostly shape of colour. Yep. And that's a deliberate decision? Yeah, I think it's from about five years ago I stopped using spray paint at all, um, mostly because of uh, health reasons. And then I, I'd get quite bored driving past murals because I could just name all the colours on the wall. Um, and I wanted to start mixing my own, and I don't know how to mix spray paint. I know people do, but uh, that seemed time-consuming and not something I'd be into. And um, yeah, I guess from that, uh, I started dropping the outline because I used to have all the spray paint rules. And I just was like, oh, I wonder if it can work with just using color in a better way. Um, but it took a while. There was a, definitely a transition for me where I felt like uh, the paintings were like unfinished. Uh, and I also started noticing sometimes I'd paint a wall and people were, would really enjoy the final image before I put the outline on and then I'd spend like two days doing an outline it was just it didn't actually add anything to the painting and from there I was like oh okay maybe the colour is strong enough that it doesn't need it so Mm. um, and I do a lot of illustration work which is just black and white which is all outlined so maybe I get that feel that fix of both worlds yeah yeah Yeah, it's good to mix it up I'm I'm the same I get a painting all the, the fills in yeah, and I start thinking, oh, do I do, do just need one or two lines here and there to get the, get some definition in? But the whole thing doesn't need to be outlined. And yeah, it's a tricky balance because then, like I said, if I'm actually illustrating, mm-hmm. I'm just like doing a million crosshatch lines, and a drawing probably has like five thousand lines in it. So I go completely the other way if it's a drawing. But um, yeah, 
something about paint. I just actually stopped buying a smaller size brush too to force myself to not go too small. So that helped because it was really hard to paint outlines with a bigger brush. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've painted with uh, a Mark Island before uh, yeah. and he uses those, those big, thick, round tip brushes. Yeah. But the way he works with them is amazing. Yeah, he's uh, super nice seeing he kind of pushes into the wall mm. rather than pulling away. And um, yeah, obviously he gets amazing clean lines and, and colour out of that. So yeah, yeah he painted a, a, I had a limestone wall in my backyard and he painted a, I asked him to do whatever he wanted. He painted a hermit crab on there as limestone's like a nightmare to paint, and still this hermit crab's like the crispest thing. Yeah, just using those brushes, pretty pretty awesome to watch. So, yeah. yeah. So have you um have you been a full time artist for most of your whole career, or have you had other jobs in the past? Um, I've been full time artist for twelve years, but before then I was working uh, as an exhibition designer, mostly designing showcases and the things that you don't actually look at in the exhibition. The things that hold the interesting objects and then I also did commercial um, textile pattern design so I was doing a lot of stuff we would just sell repeat prints and things like that but very commercial so mm. I uh, yeah a lot of butterflies and dinosaurs and things <laughs> yeah but it was good because I would have to it was kind of like an apprenticeship in a way because I'd have to draw themes I was probably not that interested in in lots of different styles so I was really experimenting and I would make two full repeats a day, so it was like pretty intense creatively to churn out that, that amount of work. Um, and yeah, I did that for three years, and then it, I guess my art life started. I started having shows, and it sort of naturally um, pushed, pushed that way, which was really good. Because it, it went from like five days to four days to three days to two days, and uh, then it just made no sense to be going in for one day a week. So yeah. yeah. It's uh, it can be time-consuming getting those um, those yardages to to repeat properly. Yeah, you know, for you sure. You can have the design all worked out. You can have it repeating, but as soon as you do like a whole like you know a few meters of it, it's yep. like oh, you can see exactly where the repeats are. And, yeah, that that's yeah. definitely an art to hiding the repeat, which I still enjoy. I, I designed a wallpaper um, for um, someone here in Melbourne actually that's being installed this week. That was really fun to like in my work though. It was really fun to kind of put on that. Um, learn, try and re-remember all those old tricks with the yardage because, yeah, if you if your eye can spot it, it kind of ruins the magic of it. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's definitely an art to that. So. It sure is. So um, so when you started, uh, you know, making art full time, like how did that feel? Were you, uh, do you feel like you were living your dream, or do you think how long will this last? Um, both, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was unbelievable because I I never assumed I could actually. Um, like live off making art uh, I just always assumed I'd probably need a design job and then um, or be digging a hole or something and that's when I was doing uh, a lot of street work um, because I wasn't it just wasn't a thing um, and early 2000s I, I don't know if it was because I was young or the, it didn't seem like there's the same opportunities that are around now uh, but that was great because there was so much freedom in making all this work. It was like the whole, the process was the goal. And then when I started to have a show or you get commissioned to paint some toilets in a bar or something, um, yeah, it just seemed like it was insane because you just love doing it so much. Um, and uh, yeah, really, really grateful for all the opportunities so far. I've been able to travel pretty much every year for the last 10 years and um, 
yeah, work on some huge buildings and yeah, sort of uh, don't take it for granted at all because I know um, I've done other jobs where <laughs> I didn't enjoy them at all. Um, so yeah, it's good to have that um, perspective about why it's good, even when moments where you feel inconvenience, it's usually a pretty uh, selfish inconvenience compared to you know what you could be doing for a living. So yeah. yeah. Um, Do you find it was those early uh, street works that helped get your name out there? I think so, for sure. Uh, I didn't know how to approach a gallery or how to, um, you know, talk to anyone about doing public work or anything like that. So I just started putting stuff out there and then meeting other artists and then you get invited to put a painting in and, you know, it might be a warehouse show or something or just someone's house party and it just really, it was really a natural process. it's funny looking at websites and social media, sometimes things look like it's just always been f- happening and fast like that, but I feel like I didn't get paid for art for like five years. I was just doing it. And, um, and But that attitude is really good too. I don't expect, you know, there's still things I'll do because I'm interested in doing it. It's not, I'm not driven by economics. It's kind of bigger than that, but it's nice when the economics is a byproduct and you can live off doing those things yeah um, but it's really important for me to to um, be aware of that like yeah that's not why I'm doing it there's people can make money in lots of different ways um, I'm grateful that I can but that's not why I started doing it so yeah mm. um, yeah it's it's interesting I was just um thinking then like we're here now at backwards gallery yeah and uh, I had a bit of a nightmare finding a park yeah <laughs> and um and I ended up parking, uh, like I, I went to get a park and the car in front of me just slammed its brakes on and just reversed into the park. Oh, rough. And I was like, oh, you bastard, you know, and it put me <laughs> in a bit of a shit mood. No, shit, you know, for a second anyway. But, um, but I jumped out, I ended up finding a park and I jumped out of the car and I walked past one of the last like freelance jobs I had before I, um, oh, crazy. Before I went full time with my art. Yeah. And I, I, I saw the sign for the, the agency and everything and it's just like... Oh, I could be in there. This yep. could be worse, and it just cheered me up straight away. Going, oh yep. man, this is <laughs> this is awesome. I'm yeah. just getting to paint all day. I get to hang out. I get to meet with artists like yourself, and you know, this is the second gallery I've been in today. Yeah, and it's so good. And I think we're fortunate because of the crossover of gallery and street. Just when you travel, you immediately have a community of people that you might not have ever met before. You just talked online, or it seems uh, to open up a, a big world of. Um, yeah, I, I just appreciate that side of it as well. It's kind of like the adventure side of it where you get to meet like-minded people and take you to crazy places and you return the favour when, when they come to visit you. So, yeah. So you've, uh, you said before you've travelled a lot with your art. Like, um, like yeah. where have you been and what have you done on those travels? I've uh, been in Germany a bit. Uh, probably, I get so confused with time. I think like 2010... To 14, I was going to Berlin um, just to paint and I'd have a few small gallery shows. And then I've done stuff in Spain and um, a residency in Iceland last year, which was amazing. And yeah, pretty much every summer now I'm trying to line up like a couple of things in a row. And uh, um, yeah, really fortunate. It's like anything, it's the more you do something, it kind of leads to the next thing. So uh, yeah, really gone, gone to the US a few times as well. And, had shows and painted walls and yeah it's been pretty uh pretty crazy really so yeah it's all 
Um, sometimes I think, oh, where would I travel if I wasn't wanting to go there to paint? And um, it's been such a good excuse to be like, oh, I want to go there just because I want, you know, especially early days, you want the photos. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that side of it. Uh, it's kind of opened my world up a lot. And yeah. how, how have you gone about, like, uh, drumming up this work overseas? Uh, early days, I was emailing a lot of people. Um, and again, it, similar sort of story where I was just going and painting. And then, um, you know, once you have a small show or you have a painting in a group show or something, it might lead to something else. And But sort of a mix of, of being proactive about it and then as the ball kind of rolls, now people approach me a little bit. Um, so it's kind of like a 50-50 uh, process, I think. But yeah, early days I was definitely like, just talk to people. You know, you might not be the best fit for something, but that conversation might lead to something in five years' time. You have no idea. And if it doesn't, you get to still have an interesting conversation with an interesting person. So, um, yeah, just learning early on to kind of have thick skin and not take stuff personally. Mm. And the good things are good. And when they're awkward, it's like, okay, it was awkward, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's good to um, make a travel uh, trip a, a tax deductible one yeah. as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like that's the first thing I think of when I when I go travelling every year now. Yeah, it's like every trip I take, I think, all right, am I going to do any work? Let's at least get a mural or something going. And, yeah, and uh, and go meet with some galleries and and turn it into a work trip. Yeah, and from that relationships bloom and yeah, you know, it's uh, oh, it's it's, a, it's amazing that you can like do that as well because it's something you again you would have done anyway before you were full time art. So mm. um, yeah. It's great when it kind of all starts just being your life rather than, um, yeah, maybe working for someone else. You, you sort of don't have that same kind of, mm. it's not all encompassing, you know, you go home at the end of the day. But mm. uh, sometimes that's hard also as well because even though working full time as an artist, is, I absolutely love it. I definitely feel like I work way harder than I ever worked for other people because I'll be... You know, you're watching a movie or something and you're just thinking about the next project or oh, I should have sent that email or you don't really, I don't switch off anyway. And uh, trying to learn how to do that. Um, whereas, you know, in the past I'd leave a job and just be like, sweet, and go home and um, yeah. Yeah, I've always got a notepad with me. Just yeah. to, to, when things pop up in my head, I hate to have to retain a thought and yeah. go, oh, don't forget about that. Yep. And then when the time comes to do something, it's like... I've that's so far from my thoughts but if I've written it down I've, I can always go oh that's right yeah and it's only something I've been doing for the last six months but gee it's helped me relax a lot more outside oh, of the cool. studio yeah and you might it's interesting because you might read things out of context like a year later and it has like a new meaning to it or something like yeah um, do you still do your drawing a day that yeah. you've been doing yeah, yeah that's such a cool project when I first heard you were doing that I was like it's uh it's awesome forced discipline because some days you might just get gold out of nowhere because of the um, the habit of it, you know? So, yeah, yeah it's really cool. I started my, a fresh book today, actually. Ah, nice. Might have to do something <laughs> in it for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying before about, you know, being really busy and working hard. I had a, um, just yesterday I had a heated discussion with someone. It was heated, but it was just, a, I don't know, we're both being stubborn in our viewpoints. But um, I was talking to a friend and we're working on a similar job together. But I said to him, it's, um, I, it's, we're not really being paid for it, but yep. we're getting a chance to paint a, uh, do a whole car on a freight train each. Ah, cool. And I said to him, oh, it's, it's unpaid work. 
he yeah. said you're joking he goes but the day when this becomes work is like like it's depressing to even think that yeah and I said no but it's an energy thing it's yeah. like if I if if I jumped into the freight yard with my mates and we snooped around we found a good spot and we painted the freight train yeah that's doing it for fun but this is for an arts festival yeah and uh, and we have to wear you know orange vests and stuff like like high vis and everything and yeah you know what I mean? We have to sign waiver forms, all this sort of stuff. So straight away, that, that to me, that's a it's a job. Yeah. And uh, he just couldn't see it. He said, "Oh, it's it's depressing that you even think like that." And it's uh, it's just interesting when your your hobby becomes your business. Yeah. Because for sure. you have to, even though it's your hobby and you love it, and you, and if you had all the money in the world, you'd still be doing it. Yeah. There's still a sense of uh, business. Yeah. That you need to have yep. about it. Otherwise, you're never gonna you know pay your rent put food in your belly you know yeah I guess it's um it's tricky when it's it's exactly what you said if you're busy it's about time as well and Mm. um it might be a really unique object or a really unique location or something but it's kind of weighing up the pros and cons of those very specific um projects that are yeah it becomes a lot harder when it's time based because that's time you could be spending on something else if you're not 100% passionate about that thing it yeah sometimes becomes hard and it's quite hard to explain that sometimes because I I sort of see it like there's no recipe to projects it's like projects that vary for so many different reasons like if you get approached by um, a huge commercial job or you get approached by someone that just owns their own little shop your response should be different to those people because they're Mm -hmm. coming at it from completely different um uh, standpoints and I guess it's the same it, it's hard because it is a freight and that's an awesome thing to paint yeah. but um, it's also like yeah well um, you know it's a big part of this event and people will be yeah. watching you do it I assume and yeah, they're selling um, tickets for it yeah so so there's a there is a grey line there where you yeah. go um, I always just default unless it's something I really want to do I always just think I can paint for free whenever I want anyway mm-hmm. so unless it's a project that I want to do um I'll just go paint for free yeah. in a warehouse and I don't have to wear the fluoro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, but, don't get me wrong, I'm really looking forward to this. And it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. That sounds but, awesome. But like it's also going to take a lot of energy as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's quite ironic actually because it's, um, it's all laid up across the road from my mum's house. Yeah, oh, that's it's where, cool. It's where I grew up and yeah. I used to paint those freights. Oh, that'd be kind of, uh, like, kind of cool, like surreal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be very surreal. So stuff like that, you go, well, there's like a bigger nostalgic connection there where you go yeah yeah, um yeah but it's still i sort of agree from your perspective it's still you know you're accountable to all these people um so that's instantly goes into a different category in your brain yeah and the other guy was standing from the viewpoint of a graph writer yeah yeah and i get it i get both sides of it but anyway i thought i'd uh yeah see your views I was having a, uh, a scroll through your Instagram before and I saw you painted um, one of the big silos. Yeah. Or yep. four of them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> how had that come about? Uh, that was a project in um, Western Australia. It's called the um, Public Silo Trail through Form. And uh, I think I was the third, um, third location out of six. So it's basically a big driving map. And um, yeah, amazing project. Uh, I was shortlisted. Um, down to three artists and then obviously I then had to pitch my idea and and put together um, a concept and that kind of thing if there's a panel selecting it's kind of like out of your control yeah so I was really excited about 
being chosen because my work is more representational rather than literal and um, you see a lot of uh, photorealistic scenes on silos so it's a little bit different and most of the, the silos on that, the West Australian Trail are quite um, representational or, or a bit more graphic and um, yeah but the problem solving on it was just it was like the first time you ever painted a one story wall and you're like it was like the biggest thing you've ever done um, yeah just the silos I painted were 12 stories each so just getting my head around the process of that and, and how to approach it was uh, really energising creatively and um, how, yeah. did, how did you approach it? I basically, I, drew, I painted the concept. I knew I had to do a, like a vertical composition because they're, they're basically four laneways, really, if you look at it that way, like mm. 37, 38 metres each. Um, and so I was trying to do a concept that focused on, that I could utilise that composition. Uh, I wanted to do something that incorporated the land and the people. So there's one basket that's like, sort of sticks and then another one that's all growing and that's meant to represent the harvest and then the people represent the colours of the landscape and they've got scenes of there's a few famous granite outcrops and things in, in that area and then their heads uh, go up into the sky colour so um, I didn't want to paint um, like any specific person from the town because I from my perspective I, I wanted it to just look like people and community rather than focusing on one specific culture either way and uh, my sort of solution to that was to have figures that represent land and sky. And it, like, in my mind, crosses time a bit more. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, the last 200 years and it's not um, all the time before that as well. So finding a combo there. And then I just used a scale ruler <laughs> and I marked it up. There was a big fire escape ladder in between two of them. So I could see these like three metre marks and... Um, yeah, it was nuts though. Like the arms were like 11 metres long. So when you're up there sketching that out, you're like, this is definitely incorrect. <laughs> and you get back down on the field and it's, you know, you have to paint them a bit bigger. So <laughs> yeah, it was wild. I loved it. Do you have to just trust in your reference when you're painting on that Yeah, it was, it was kind of like painting blind. Um, and I, again, because I haven't used spray paint for a while, you sort of paint like that with spray because you're right up against the wall. And uh, with a brush, I tend to have a big stick that I can sketch up with so it's a bit you've got that distance so I was kind of using those um, that technique way more where you you're up against the wall and you just like yeah have to go with uh, go with the maths mm. but um bit tricky because I had a lot of negative space left so I didn't um, you know if you make a wrong line or something it's a bit harder and you can't sketch with chalk because it's so massive you can't even see the chalk so yeah just had to jump in there with the paint and um, yeah, it was good. I loved it. Yeah, it was good to see some uh, more representational art on the uh, on the silos because we've got a lot in Victoria. I haven't seen all of them, but the ones yeah. I've seen, they're very um, you know, photorealistic. Yeah, maybe and more like traditional murals or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. It's it's cool, but yeah. it's just good. Um, I, I've applied for one and I missed out on it, and I thought it was because it wasn't photorealistic. And yeah. I actually went to someone who painted a big portrait of someone, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was just good to see. It's like, yeah, it is interesting though, because when, when I was painting it, people were coming up to me saying, this isn't silo art. And I was like, what's silo art? Like, <laughs> and it's like that, I guess that photorealism thing is kind of ingrained um, in people that that's what it should be because it's a silo. Um, 
So I thought that was quite interesting. And I was like, yeah, it's still silo art. <laughs> yeah, it's art on a silo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, anyway, another way to explain it. <laughs> yeah. You get some funny, uh, funny comments from the public. Yeah. Painting, painting outdoors. But I, that's why I love public stuff as well. Um, not everyone comes to galleries and um, it's sort of a like-minded audience. So, um, yeah, public stuff's amazing for... Uh, I just love those conversations. Um, it was harder early on when someone was not into what you were doing, but now I actually really welcome those conversations. And um, Maybe it's just being a little bit older and painting a lot. You're like, yeah, what kind of stuff do you like? And it's not personal it's just not their taste and you're like that's cool like I don't like everything that's out on the street and especially if it's someone like lo someone's local area and you're changing their environment it's like yeah let's yeah. have a chat like yeah um if I can show you my perspective of it you might not like the aesthetic of it but you might at least sort of understand where it's coming from more rather than thinking it's just a random thing so um and then yeah obviously if people are into it that's um a nice feeling too because you don't have people in your studio like patting on your back <laughs> yeah 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 i've had um i've had had a few people say that they've marked up a squiggle grid to do a mural uh, yeah. and then people have been abusing and going the council's paying for this crap and all this sort of <laughs> stuff it's like yeah yeah yeah. You give it time you know yeah. and then a couple of days later they can't, the same person will come back and go oh i see what you're doing now yeah squiggle grid mural would actually be kind of cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's the time thing too people yeah, you don't look at paintings half finished, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I consider it to be like a, uh, an unbaked cake. Yep. So people say, oh, um, you know, it's not looking very good. And it's like, would you say the same about a, a cake that the batter is still sitting in the mixing bowl? It's yep. like, oh, it's, That's not very, yeah. it's not a very pretty cake. It's like, hey, hey let, you know, yep. let us finish the process and then you can judge it. Yeah, I guess maybe they get worried that you're never going to come back yeah. <laughs> and finish it. But uh, yeah. That's a good analogy for sure because it... Yeah, especially if things are taking a week or longer, mm. it's pretty much ugly for like eighty percent of the time. So. Yeah, but then it's there for a long time. So yeah, history. If, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had some um, some uh, kids come up to me and my friend when we were uh, in India painting, and uh, uh, the guy I was painting with and myself were both left-handed. Yeah, handers, and, um, and we we're using spray paint, and because no one. You know, uses their left hand for anything other than going to the toilet over there. Yeah. The kids came up and go, does the paint only work in your left hand, the spray paint? Oh, that's cool. And we go, <laughs> we go, nah, nah, we're just left-handed. Super logical thinking, yeah. yeah. We said we're just left-handed, and then he didn't know what we meant. Yeah. We go, well, yeah, no, nah, we're just, this is our better hand. Yeah. He's like, and he just gave us a blank <laughs> look and walked off. Yeah. Oh, that would have been unreal painting in India. So yeah. So many cool spots, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, there was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was hot. Yeah, I imagine. I had some friends um, have a little spraycation in Sri Lanka a few years ago, and yeah, the mm. photos looked ridiculous like, yeah. and hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did a bit of painting over there as well. Ah, cool. That was yeah. good fun. Yeah, all the walls like got that nice like grime and all the humidity, and they're always yeah, a bit yeah. broken. It's cool. It's just fun sourcing uh, materials over there as well. Yeah. Because you don't go, I'll go to the graffiti shop and just buy all the same stuff you normally get. Yeah. You, you have to you know, really work out what what you need and how you're going to use it yeah i remember years ago i think it was 2012 i painted in cambodia and you know went to the russian market to the paint shop and i was buying paint off like an eight-year-old boy it's like i'll just he couldn't speak english hmm. it's like that's of course but you just like uh just whatever paint you give me and that was the colors of the painting it was like but it was really memorable you know i love that um 
that's like defining the the part of the project a little bit. You're like, cool. I have to. Uh, what can I make with the random things I've been given here? So, mm. um, I like that side of, um, yeah, travel and painting like that, where you have to problem solve and you you kind of get creative outcomes that you might not have found if you have you know access to a hardware store and an art store and you can overthink it a bit too much sometimes so yeah definitely um yeah it ended up being blue so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i've painted a lot of uh places where the building's quite old you know in countries in latin america and also asian countries as well yeah and the people have always been so happy that i'm giving them an extra coat of paint on their house oh that's cool it's yeah, like a maintenance thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like this guy's crazy he's going around and painting people's houses for them yeah and um yeah, there was this one street in bolivia that i painted the whole street because Whoa, that's awesome i got I was studying Spanish there and out the classroom window I could see this street and there was this wall I wanted to paint so I, and I ended up painting that wall the next day. Then all the locals came out, the neighbour would come out and go, oh, you can paint my wall and then a the lady across the road, you can oh, paint that's mine. that's so cool. And over, um, I was in the, that town for a month and uh, in Sucre and um, ended up painting the whole street top to bottom. Yeah, uh, that's unreal. Cool. Yeah. And the funny thing was is like... I, at first, I was, I was just doing pieces and stuff, but now I thought, I can't just do like a whole bunch of pieces down here. I started painting different things. They have these like, um, like old ladies in like traditional Bolivian dress with the plaits and everything. And they have those like top hats? Yeah, well. the top hats yeah. and all that. And they'll be like, no, 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 I want one of them and point to like a piece. Oh, they wanted the yeah. lettering. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's like, all right, cool. No yeah, worries. cool. Yeah. What's your name? I'll write it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'll just write mine yeah. over and over. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> um, so with the exhibition at Backwoods, um, that's opening this Friday, can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so the show's called A Normal Man Does Serious Things, and uh, I've basically got six um, medium-sized canvases and then one large canvas and some smaller works on wood and then some paper studies as well. So um, these paintings... I basically started making them after I got back from a residency in Iceland. I was over there for six weeks and I painted five murals, I think. And it was, yeah, uh, obviously the weather there can be quite extreme. So it was, um, it was pretty slow going to paint um, those walls. But uh, when I came back, I, I was quite interested in the color palette that I'd used over there and wanted to extend it. So um, yeah, sort of a mix of kind of referencing some of those um, places and then some subconscious painting as well. So uh, I do a lot of paper studies that, that are about A5 size and then kind of bringing those into the canvas and having multiple ideas on a canvas instead of just one bigger picture. So, yeah, um, it's probably the brightest show I've ever done, to be honest. I usually paint, like, a lot of desaturated colours, but, uh, yeah, it's been really nice to, to paint a bit more, uh, yeah, got a bit of a fluorosing in there, so, yeah. Yeah, they look great. Like, I'm looking at a bunch now. And, um, yeah, it's... it's it's, it's really interesting your mix of compositions as well because yeah, you haven't thanks. just gone with one composition and rolled it out across the show like the there's definitely a theme going on there but every painting's really unique and different yeah oh, cheers that um i'm definitely trying to do that so i mostly work between like four ideas of i try and do little landscape paintings and then ideas of like human um, narrative and storytelling and then um built environment and the natural environment um and kind of playing on all of those, it, uh, it means I can explore something if I have multiple ideas on one canvas rather than just like being committed to that. Um, I think it's from painting so much, I, 
you know, when you get a wall or a new canvas, it's like, I just want to show lots of ideas instead of just one at the moment. So um, instead of overthinking that, I was like, I'll just put them all on, on each canvas rather than feel like I have to get rid of all these other ones that, are, that I actually want to paint. So um, yeah, it's been good because uh, I get to do a lot more subconscious painting this way, which is move on rather than, um, you know, painting something for a week and then I'm like, ah, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when does it open and how long is it on for? So it opens this Friday, um, January 31st, and it's open for two weeks until the 16th of Feb. So, yeah. Good luck with yeah. it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, cheers. It'll be good. Uh, we're sort of mid-install right now, so looking forward to seeing them all up on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kyle, you ready for some uh, rapid-fire questions? I think so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, name one artist who you think deserves more shine. Oh, um, I don't know. I like, uh, I'm going to be a cop out on that one and say, I like so many different types of artists that, um, yeah, if you like them, then they're getting shine in their own way, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I couldn't name one. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's so many different styles and things that I like, um, for different reasons. Sometimes you think an artist doesn't have much uh, attention, but it's just that you haven't been in that world and then you actually find out that, um, or like a musician, you meet someone and they're in a super famous band in Spain or something and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll avoid that question. No worries. <laughs> um, what medium would you love to work with? Uh, I'd like to do more sculptural stuff for sure. Um, yeah, um, like large scale 3D. Uh, I've done a little bit of stuff with plasma cutting and screens and things, but something a bit more bronzy or, I don't know, yeah, building-sized, three-dimensional things you could walk around. Yeah. Big Soviet structures in my work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw those, uh, you're, you're working with shadow a lot in uh, exhibitions. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I love uh, that idea of, I guess it's coming from painting walls and um, not having permanent public art is the shadow brings that into a into a 3D sculpture so at different times of the day you're experiencing it in different ways so mm. yeah there's definitely more to explore with that so yeah uh, what's one skill you wish you had ooh fixing cars yeah yeah I just like they're just like this is wrong with it and it's this much and you're like righto <laughs> I've got no <laughs> reference point <laughs> yeah uh, who are some of your favourite artists uh, ooh I really like uh Someone I forgot about, I mentioned it at the start, was um, Mad Magazine, that Al Jaffe guy. I don't know if you've seen, he's like uh, in his 90s now, but um, I forgot that I liked him and then he popped up on Instagram. I was like, oh yeah, this dude, he used to do a lot of the, like, the mad fold-ins on the back cover and stuff. Just really subversive, like kind of uh, um, darkish humour for 12-year-old boys. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I guess uh, it's probably a bit corny but like that you know the path is the goal is, is a pretty good one mm. sometimes you you think that the, the outcome is the most critical thing but you know from travelling and painting the journey to getting to those spots and painting um, is far more memorable sometimes than the you know the thing that you painted with blue paint from a kid <laughs> that couldn't speak English that you bought it off so um, yeah just that like enjoy the enjoy the ride as much yes yeah. because uh, obviously painting and things you're, you're always obsessed with finishing things and it's like well actually 90 percent of your life is making things not completing them so yeah yeah i have this in wave of impatience that comes over me when i'm painting i'm always just think 
like I'm like I enjoy painting. I love it, but I'm always thinking I'm thinking about I want this to be finished so I can look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. the more you paint, it's like you know. I'm like that with really big walls now because I I can see the end painting. And it's just like, oh, I just have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can already see it in my head. Yeah. yeah. Has your career been smooth sailing? Uh, I wouldn't say. I don't know if, if anyone says that their career's been smooth sailing. I think they're um, just really good at marketing. <laughs> yeah. I think there's definitely been... I've had some big learning curves that have been really valuable. And, um, yeah, I just try... Anytime there's, like, hiccups or inconveniences, I'm, I don't want to get... Um, stuck on that stuff I prefer to like present outcomes even though like everything that you do there's there's things that are chore there's a chore aspect to it um, but there's also a lot of positive aspects so I just try not to focus on that stuff And uh, but yeah I've definitely I've had problems with paintings going missing and um, contract things and getting lawyers and yeah mm. um, yeah not, all the not exciting stuff yeah <laughs> But uh, it's bigger than that for me anyway, so it's like, whatever, just work it out and keep moving. So, yeah. Cool. Do you have a, uh, a dream project you'd love to work on? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd love to paint um, lighthouses because they're always in really dramatic landscape and, you know, it's a bit of a symbol of uh, human kind of um, perseverance and um, uh, it's bigger than the, th that one place. It's, it's for a, a wider world, so... Uh, and they're just cool. Like, they're always on weird rocky cliffs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can legally paint them because they, they must have to be certain colours or something. But, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, where are you wanting to uh, take your art career? Uh, I, I really like studio work at the moment. I, I always have this split between... Uh, if I'm doing too many public art projects, I want to be in the studio. And if I'm doing too much studio... And at the moment, it just happens to be... I'm like wanting to do more studio stuff so mm. yeah but it'll change in three months <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you have any uh future plans or projects in the pipeline uh yeah this year is pretty pretty busy actually which is really nice so um some years i tend to know if there's one or two things coming up but um yeah pretty much booked booked up this year which is awesome so a bit of traveling i'm heading to the faroe islands in may so um that came about after painting in iceland i got an email from a mayor from a small village there that to, where, where are they? Uh, they're between Iceland, they're north of Scotland and uh, west of Norway, so mm. in the middle of nowhere. Wow, yeah. sounds cold. <laughs> Very cold. <laughs> they eat seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> Looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, where's the best place for people to see your art online? Uh, probably my website, which is um, kylehughesodgers.com, or my Instagram, which is that. You just mash all the letters of the alphabet into the keyboard and <laughs> you'll, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kyle, thanks for uh, taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's good. No worries. As mentioned at the start of the show, uh, Bench Talk's putting on a fire relief exhibition. It opens Thursday, January 30th, and uh, all the prints will be available online till the end of February. Uh, get behind a good cause and um, purchase some great art. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the podcast.